This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And welcome again to Cottage Talk Full Time. I'm Russ Goldman. Joining me live outside of Craven Cottage is the foam shadow Emilio Donnello. He is actually looks like a shadow tonight. But, you know, again, listen, Emilio, I'm not going to waste any time. It's a 1-1 draw. We talked about this last night. I said to you before we went live that what Rob Wilson said to us, if it's a draw, it will matter how it became a draw. Yeah. So for me... Coming from behind, putting on all that pressure in the end, I think it's a valuable point, mm. Emilio. I think they earn the point. Yeah. And, you know, we can look at it whatever way you want. They're still top of the league. And I'll take the point, Emilio. I, I want to get your initial thoughts of what you watched. Yeah, I'm not surprised. It was the, the intriguing game that we were talking about yesterday. Um, but you know what? We almost got Parker balled tonight. But... You said it there. We're top of the league still. So, Scott Parker, go back to your home in Bournemouth and we'll see you maybe in a few seasons' time when, if you ever get promoted in the Premier League. But overall, you know what? I'll take the draw after going a goal down. You know, yeah. we had to fight a very strong Bournemouth defender. We said it, we called out stats last night. They're the joint lowest conceders of goal in this division. And you see why. That first half, they were they, tough, they, man. They were tough. They defended. They they defended us very, very well. Cahill was immense in their defence. You know, yep. the double save or double block from Cook. You By know, they, Steve they, Cook. They, yeah, unbelievable. Just, all that game reminded me was just what we had to witness for two seasons under Parker. <laughs> you know, literally, it just felt the, you know, the reverse of that. You know, we had to right. deal with that for two seasons. Right. Watching us not creating many opportunities, trying to find those moments to score. You then get your noses in front like they did straight in the second half. You know, right. And... They they hung on. They dug deep. They fouled. They wasted time. We 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 won. We were beneficiaries of that for two seasons, right? And then it just felt like the Arsenal game away last season. We hung on. We hung on. We hung on. Chance after chance, and we suddenly succumbed to Arsenal in the injury time. That's what it felt like. But on the receiving end tonight, yeah. they kept defending astutely, but it just needed a bit of quality, and it just needed that moment. But overall, not the end of the world. We're still top of the league, as I mentioned. We're still. Three point three wins away from the next team below Bournemouth. So right. could have been worse. It could, it have, could been worse. have been a lot worse, Emilio. And listen, I have a feeling how this is going to be portrayed in the uh, press. Mm. And it is going to be a Scott Parker love fest. And yeah. listen, before I say anything, full credit, like you mentioned, to Bournemouth. That first half was a really well-played first half. Both mm. Teams, I thought played very well. Very open, said, very open game. Very, very open, open game. Very open game. They had their chances. Fulham had their chances. It's nil nil at the half. 
Emilio, but let's just talk about the first half because you said something to me that, you know what, after you said that, I do agree with you. It was nil-nil at the half, and they had some really good opportunities. Mm. And honestly, they were pretty dangerous at times. Yeah. And if if I'm being completely honest, I know Fulham had the opportunity to score. But defensively, I'm just talking about the first half. I think Bournemouth were more solid than Fulham, yeah. 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 Emilio. Yeah. Yeah, that's what we're saying off air. For me, if there was five equivalent chances for both teams, we were more liable. Just in the first half. In that first half. I thought, you know, the Solanke header early on should have scored. And then there was a shot just gone wide of the post. And those were good chances, you know, but we gave them the opportunity for those chances. Whereas we had to, we had to battle and really fight for those chances. And they blocked very, very well. That was the difference. I just thought Cahill in particular, was immense in that defence. He showed his experience, his international qualities there, and that's why they've conceded just as few goals as we are. So, right. you know, we had to work harder to create chances, is probably my point, to yeah. Bournemouth, compared to Bournemouth in the first half. We gave them more space and their chances, maybe slightly more clear-cut. But overall, right. I think we're slightly, you know, better quality in that first half. But, you know, we just, you know, I thought 0-0 was broadly a fair result at half-time. It was an open game, though, more open than I thought it would be. Yeah, it really was, Emilio, and I wasn't expecting it to be that open, but in the early stages of this match, it was going back and forth, yeah, and yeah. they had their opportunities, like you talked about with Solanke, but Fulham had their opportunities as well mm. with Niskins, Cabano, and then, honestly, I want to talk about this. We're going to talk about a controversial mm. situation in just a second, but to me, Emilio, Mm. What we're talking about in the first half, this epitomized what Fulham were dealing with because they were mm. creating opportunities. And but Steve Cook, two blocks, double blocks. Yeah, on, Yeah, you know, again, it was just difficult. They were making it difficult for Fulham. And yeah. at the half, I'm thinking, let's just get to the half, regroup, and see what happens in the second half. But before we talk about the second half, I'm going to just share this with everyone. And again, I'm I'm watching a broadcast and. The announcer said if this division had VAR, Fulham would have been awarded a penalty. This is this is what happened with Harry Wilson in the mm. box. There were a couple of opportunities yeah. that you could talk about with penalties, but this one was legit. And Solanke did clip him slightly, but Emilio, I know you probably didn't get the greatest view of this, but you know, when we're talking about the ref and we're talking about me complaining about why I want VAR. Mm. It's mm. situations like this, Emilio, because I truly believe Fulham would have been awarded a penalty here, but they weren't. What did you see? Yeah, there was a you know, there's a lot of all we kept saying is look was it a penalty or not? Because it was the wrong side of the pitch. And we were, we were always saying we'd like to see the replay again. Obviously I haven't seen the replay, haven't yeah. uh, but there was a lot of the fans nearer to the incident were definitely claiming a penalty. You know, from a distance it looked maybe a little bit soft. You know, but, well, did Wilson go down a little bit too easy? But clearly, if you're saying the replays are suggesting it was a penalty, you know, yeah. it's, it's moments like that that turn the game for better or for worse. And I think like right. the VAR will come into the championship probably next season, the season after. So, but it's, well, it's it's a shame that we didn't get the penalty. But I'm also looking at the incident when when they should have their player maybe should have got a red card early on on the on the, on the foul of one of our players. You look at those. That's moments. right. I thought referee let them get away with murder in that first half. You know, the amount of fouls that got you know got no yellow cards. There was one. Emilio, they had a strategy here. They had us. It worked. They had a strategy. They were going to try to beat us up. And yeah, honestly, that's kind of what they were yeah. doing. And li- listen, yeah. 
they played the match, and I'm glad that you talked. We're talking about the ref. I don't like to complain too much about the ref, but teams play the way that it's being called. If they're getting away with it, they're going to keep doing it. Yes, they're getting yellow cards, but there was a strategy here, Emilio. Yeah, yeah, and you know, and we, we, like I said, we were the beneficiaries of that strategy for two seasons. You know, we we had to play. To our, you know, we had limitations the last couple of years with the squad, especially in the Premier League last year. And Scott Parker you know, did his best, yep. you know, with the plays that he had. You know, he, had, yep. he played a particular system, and you know, we had to witness that week in, week out. So we know what it's like to be on the receiving end of that. You oh know? yeah, and, and you know, then he, he he played to their strengths and he tried to disrupt play, slow the game yep. down. Exactly what we yep. saw for two seasons. So was I surprised? No, I wasn't. But the fact that they got <laughs> the noses in front in the second half, and that was. Well created and yes, it was straight from the straight from the training ground. Yes, and, straight from the and, training ground. And we're going to talk about that in a second. But before we do, I'm going to share some comments because we're going to talk. We just were talking about mm. about the uh, controversial decision here. Definite penalty from Colin Frazier. I'm just going to keep sharing these. Chris Pelletier says, "No mm. doubt we would have been awarded to penalties with VAR." Okay. Okay. The, Russ, you are so right. You know, I'll take that. Uh, Colin Frazier also Smith red card yeah. with VAR yeah. too. Yeah, and exactly. And and this is from Steve Turner. Every roughing decision yeah. went against us. The penalty, which was Stonewall fouls, throw-ins, corners, 50-50s, literally every decision. You know what, Emilio? I, I don't like to go down this route. Steve actually might be right, though. Yeah, and it's frustrating. Match. It's frustrating, especially that first half. You look at how many fouls were yellow card fouls and they got all they got told yeah. was a little warning and we, we and we got nothing off the back of it. Joe Bryan makes a foul in the second half, yellow card. Sorry, yet the card. It's just the you know the inconsistency. That's what frustrates yeah. me with refereeing here. It's, it's this division is just not good enough. Yeah, I totally agree. I don't know if you. Steve Lidyard's watching, but you know, get your badges quickly. We need you to start <laughs> refereeing in a championship. Okay, and I'm just going to share a couple more comments. Jake says, would have been a penalty in the mm. turn. I, I yeah. You know, and again, I'm just mentioning this because they were yeah. talking about it on the broadcast. All right, Emilio, let's switch to the second half. And like I mentioned, I was saying to myself, just get to halftime and then be ready for the second half to go. And like you mentioned, and again, let's give full credit to Scott Parker and Bournemouth. Mm. This is something that they obviously – were ready to do, and they were ready to go from the the beginning kickoff of the second half. And they score, I, I want to say, a very well-crafted goal. Yeah, yeah. So before I could even have the words come out of my mouth of <laughs> being upset, they had scored. So you're there. What? How did you view this? Yeah, just saying something well-crafted, well straight from the training ground. You know, again, you haven't even got a chance to regroup as a team. You know, the tick you know, from the kickoff, one pass, cross, bang, back of the net. So great finish from Solanke. Let's let's get yes, it was. You know, that was, if one of our strikers scored from that, you know, we'd be applauding them. But oh, but, yes, you know, Bournemouth came out second half with more intent. That first 10 15 minutes, even after they scored the first goal, we we're on the back foot for that first we were. 10, 15 we minutes. Were. You know, the so you know, it was very unlike Parker. I would have thought he would have sat back. Okay, they're wasting time. They did that from right from the moment they scored that goal, but. <laughs> But thereafter, for the 10, 15 minutes, we we sort of offered very little. We couldn't get a stranglehold of the ball. Passes were going misplaced. And they were yep. pushing, pressing us and pushing us back and back and back. And Seri was getting pressed deeper and deeper and deeper. And I'm, you know, the only criticism I'll say is I would like to have seen Kenny come on maybe 10 minutes earlier. Yep. Make some changes a little bit earlier. And, you know, but um, overall, the, the subs made the change, made the difference. Because obviously the Bournemouth players were tiring. But 
overall, you know, if that was us who crafted that goal, we'd be applauding it. So, you know, give, give Scott Parker credit. He, he got one on us on, on that goal. He absolutely did, Emilio. But I'm glad that you talked about this because, again, we'll, we'll talk about the goal coming up from Tosin, okay, which was fantastic. But mm. the substitutions, I was thinking mm. to myself, why not do it in the 60th minute? But yeah, he did it yeah. a little bit later. And, and also, I want to share this comment because I actually agree with this. And uh, it, and I'm just looking for it, so just bear with me. But it was a it was a comment talking about our fullbacks because I don't think our fullbacks were that great. I, Adoy I thought was okay, but I, I don't think they offered us enough, Emilio. You know, and again, there was a few good crosses from Joe Bryan, but for me, I wanted to see Kenny Tete in this match. Maybe I'm wrong. Really? I don't know. Strangely, I thought Dennis had a bloody good game i thought he defended extremely well i thought you know he was our best defender tonight joe bryan was i thought after he picked up the yellow card you know he got called out a few times in the first half joe bryan playing far too narrow and their fullback was getting getting a lot of space i was a little bit concerned that first half when when bryan was called out of position a few times but he got a couple good crosses but i agree with you joe bryan offered very little second half didn't push up enough but dennis was up for it. He was up for yeah. the challenge. He was defended. Was you know, I thought he was one of our best players. I thought just didn't didn't do much wrong tonight. Dennis. No, I'm not saying that. No, listen, I'm I'm totally with you. But against this opponent, I was yeah. thinking you need crosses in the box, yeah. Emilio. Yeah. That's where I'm I'm going with on Kenny Tete. I, I understand your point because full credit to Dennis Adoy. He actually defended very well. Yeah, but know. I thought that at times we needed those crosses. From the right hand side, that that's just not Dennis's game. That's and I think Kenny also Tete's Bournemouth's game. tactics as well. I think the way Park had them set up sort of restricted us pushing forward. I, th- I thought their yep. tactics and their setup sort of restricted that that full you know that you know crossing from our fullback. So I think a lot of the play was through the middle. I think Cabano, you know, we haven't mentioned him tonight, but that first half was absolutely immense. You know, you know, two, I think he had two shots in the, going in the bottom of the corner. Their keeper made some good saves, and I think. Their keeper kept them in the game yep. as well, but it's a strong, you know, some solid saves throughout. He did. He did. I'm, I'm going to share this comment. And again, I don't know if I agree with this or not. I mean, a Doi fan, but would have Tete stopped that goal maybe? I don't know. Um, I don't think so, to be honest. I think we've, I don't think as a criticism, we, you know, we, we weren't really, I'd say, we literally just got into the pit ready for the start of the second half. And suddenly, I don't, nobody expected that. Yep. I think any team. Yep. would have would have struggled to to stop that goal. And Solanke, yep. you know, did you know that's the reason why he's the second top scorer in the division. Right, right. Here's the comment from Colin Fraser that I wanted to share with you. Yeah. We had no attacking threat from our fullbacks. Yeah, right. that's, that's kind of where true. that's kind of where I'm going. Yeah, that's true. With no, this, with Emilio, that, nothing I've against been... Dennis, but he doesn't really offer that. Yeah, and I, I'd probably on the flip side, I'd say credit to Bournemouth for setting themselves up so they restricted us pushing upwards. You look at the way they were set up, the formation. There wasn't that opportunity. Joe Bryan was constantly in his own half. You know, how yeah. many crosses did he have? I don't think it's a criticism for him. I think Parker got one on us there in terms of setup okay, and want... tactics. Okay. So for you, it had more to do with how Bournemouth set up. Yeah, and no, how... that's for me. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And and fair. That's that's completely fair. That's why we do this show, my friend. Mm. Okay. <laughs> Let's now talk about the equalizer. And what's interesting about this is, again, the broadcast I was watching was, as the match kept going, was glowingly talking about Bournemouth, glowingly, <laughs> and how Fulham didn't have the answers, blah, blah, blah. Oh, it I kept going and going and going. Well, that changed a great deal. The tone changed a great deal when Tosin scores. So 
Just describe the atmosphere at Craven Cottage when <laughs> Tosin gets the equalizer, yeah. Emilio. It felt, it felt, it was coming. You know, we started. You it, know, was coming. Yeah, it was it coming. It absolutely the was. Substitutes coming. were made a difference. You know, yes. Bobby Reed added a lot more energy. You know, I, I called it ten minutes before that. You know, Seri to come off for Kearney and Carvalho to come off for Bobby Reed. Carvalho was very quiet to be honest. He had that sort of chance in the first half, but Cook, you know, did did immensely to save that and block the shot. But Carvalho wasn't really in the game tonight, so it was the right decision from Silva. Maybe he should have done it ten minutes earlier, but right. overall, the right substitution. I agree with you. We called it out. And it made a difference. And it, we were knocking on the door. It was yes. coming, you know, half chances. There was a Cabana shot. I think there was a loose ball. The Cabana shot wide when he should, probably should have done better. Wilson was getting a little bit more space on the right. His link-up play with Bobby Reed was 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 it was good. It was quick. Added a bit more. Sorry. That's the beauty of the Fulham shadow doing it in the street. Um, <laughs> all these ambulances going by. Yes, yeah, so overall, it was we were knocking on the door and it was coming. And to be honest, it was a great cross into the box. And, you know, toasted, rose above everyone and knocked in the back of the net. And the atmosphere in the ground, you can imagine, suddenly it goes from expectations and hope. And we're all saying the only way we're maybe going to get a goal was something special from Tom Kearney, like he did against right. Leeds United a few seasons ago. Maybe he needed that level of quality. But it was a good cross, great header. And suddenly, the first thing the Fulham fans started, we're top of the league. We're top of the league. We are top of the league. <laughs> that was immediately the atmosphere, and it suddenly changed the tone of the stadium. And you know what? I fancied us to go in and win that game. I thought I, we were going to go on and win. At that point, that Emilio, when he scored, I'm thinking, they're going to get got, all three points yeah. out of this. I almost, I, I was really that confident. I thought that four minutes of added time wasn't enough. I thought that was quite... I thought they probably needed a good six or seven minutes. And man, the fact that the goalkeeper got a warning you know for amount of time wasting and the amount of other time to give only four minutes i thought was quite light it favored bournemouth but in the days you know i'll, I'll take the point especially after being right. goal down but overall yeah, i think we shade we shaded it over the over the 90 minutes we were the better I team we are the better we team did. in this division we are better yep. than bournemouth but you know the fact that we're only one point ahead maybe maybe we should be slightly ahead of the game than we are so you know give give you've got to give scott parker credit for maybe overachieving with his team. I know some of our friends and fans like Steve Reynolds says hates us applauding Scott Parker, but you know, you've got to give credit where it's due, you know? So um, he's got the best out of this team and they're only still only one point behind us. They are Emilio and I'll give credit to Scott Parker, but I'm sorry. The, the way the media treats him with kid mm. gloves, as we would say, I can imagine. Years, I can imagine. It's just, it, it's just crazy. They love Scott Parker. And I just basically say call both ways. How about yeah. some love for Marco Silva, the job he's done? Just, yeah. just call just exactly. call both ways. That's that's all I, I would look at that. Okay, to finish up, I'm going to ask Emilio how valuable this point is, and we'll end with man of the match. Okay, Emilio, I hope you not don't get arrested or anything like that. <laughs> I'm not I'm not getting arrested, by the way. I don't think I'm doing anything wrong here, but then <laughs> I'm not curb crawling if that's what people okay. think I'm doing. <laughs> okay, so... We're going to finish up with Man of the Match. Before we do this, I, I want to talk about how valuable this point is. Like I said, I'll go back to mm. the conversation we had with Rob Wilson, Fulham legend, last night. We talked about this. Yeah. Rob said a draw would be a good result, mattering on how it happened, basically. Yeah. And I think the way it happened, the way that Fulham came back, because I wanted to see if they could come back. Yes, they did not win, but they came back. They came back yeah. against a quality opponent, and I I believe this is an extremely valuable point that they can use. On the flip side, Emilio, and I don't know how my my friends 
you know, I'm calling my friends because I, I've got to know a few Bournemouth supporters. How do you think they feel about this? Because now they drop points against Coventry City. They got a draw against us coming off of the situation with Derby County. Are they feeling good about themselves? Are they feeling good about Parker Ball? Because they got another dose of Parker Ball in the end. It worked really well, but they were holding on like we have seen too many times. How do you, you know, think they feel after this match? I'm curious. Um, how do you think, think Bournemouth, the supporters, how do you think they feel? Do you think that they feel, wow, you know, we got a point? Or do you think that they might think of, wait a minute, this continues to happen? Yeah, I think they'll take the point as well away from home. You know, I think they'll, they'll obviously on balance of play. You know, we had many more shots on goal than they did. Yep, I'll go, <clears throat> so, I'll go through the stats in a second. So overall, I think I'll tell you that their fans were applauding Scott Parker throughout the game. You know, especially when they scored the goal, they were, you know, I, I can't remember Fulham fans calling out Scott Parker, you know, game after game and giving him all the chants and cheers and what have you. But the Bournemouth fans were were applauding Scott Parker, and they had their own. You know, I wasn't listening, but they had their own song that they were cheering when they went one 0 up. So right. Sounds like there was a there was a strong contingent of Bournemouth fans in the crowd yeah. today who were you know, pleased to have Scott Parker on board. And many of us were saying, "Look, you can have him. He's yours. Take him. Take him away from us." You know? <laughs> so it's uh, overall, I think, from our perspective, yeah, I think I raised a point last night about the psychological impact of losing, or you know, and I think psychologically, I think it's done no damage. I think the fact that we've recovered from a goal down against the team that's closest to us in the league. We, we See, that's what I wanted to talk you know, about, psychologically, the psychological I think, part of this. I think both both teams, I think I think it will, it will not affect either team. I think they'll both take the point, given the circumstances. We shaded it. I think we, we, we clearly are the better team. Uh, you know, So whether we can sustain that for the remainder of the season remains to be seen. Yeah. But overall, I, I don't think it's done any damage to either team. I think they'll both take, take one game closer to the Premier League, one point on the board. And psychologically, I think it would have been more damaging if we'd lost that game with all those chances created and not being able to convert. That would have been potentially damaging. But the fact that we've recovered, I think we'll, yep. we'll go into the next game against Luton Town with confidence. And they should, Emilio. You know, it's interesting because I was thinking about it. I thought to myself, if they could get away <laughs> just even to get a draw out of this, this is going to psychologically mm. going to benefit full. Mm. It, it's going to benefit, I think it. You know, you think it's neutral where it might not yeah. hurt them, might not help them. I actually think it might help them. I, I do. I actually think this might help them. I'm yep. going to share some comments, yeah. Emilio. Before I get your man of the match, I'm going to share some comments <laughs> from everyone here. This is from uh, Colin Fraser. I'm, I'm sharing a lot of comments from Colin. We are the better side. <laughs> they were scared of us. Parker set his team up to kick us. Well, I'm not going to disagree with, with that because I think we saw that. Okay, yeah. so here's some comments from man of the match. You're going to see a lot of this man. Cabano. Mm. Yeah. Cabano. Cabano. Yeah. All right. Let's see what else we got. Am I right in saying that Bournemouth was missing players yeah. as well? Yeah. They had a couple of players missing as well. Yep. Yeah. Yep. No, they were. See, Cabano. It just keeps going. But they nullified it's... that threat. So Parker saw that problem in the second, in the first half and nullified Cabano clearly not as effective second half. No. In that first half, he was outstanding. And he was outstanding. You know, you know, but second half they 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 closed him down, so he had yep. less space, less opportunity, and maybe wasn't as effective overall. You know, he's my man of the match. Just purely, okay. that's okay. where that's where most of our threat was coming from, to be honest. Okay, and our friend Anthea, all the way in New Zealand. How you doing, Anthea? Man of the match, Cabano for shots on target, oh. and some fabulous touches, skill. Yeah, you are right. You know, it's funny. You know, I wonder what Scott Parker was thinking watching Niskins Cabano because mm. he had to game plan against him, mm. like you said. 
He had to adjust in the second half. Yeah, exactly. And some of the other call-outs for me, I think I mentioned Dennis Odoi. I thought Dennis had a good defensive, had a good game. Yep. You know, he, he looked good. He looked hungry. Did did very little wrong. Um, it's all it's all Cabano. It's yeah, all, it's all Cabano. Cabano. Harrison Reed, I'm not his biggest fan, as you know, but I thought he had a good game as well. I thought he looked he looked livelier today. Yep. He played better than he did against Derby County. So a call-out to Harrison Reed for you know looking lively, energetic, yep. and sort of the type of play that we we used to seeing. Yep. This is from our friend Dave Cronin. No real man of the match for me. All played pretty well. Yeah, I would tend to agree with that, Dave. And this is a, a great comment, Colm. I, I agree with this. At least we scored after being behind. Yeah. Totally yeah, agree. Point. I wanted to see the response. I'm thinking to myself, they got kicked in the teeth. Can they respond? Emilio, yeah, exactly. I thought they responded, okay? Yeah, I exactly. thought they responded. And that, to me, when we go back to your comment about the psychological ramifications. I think that's why I feel mm. this is a positive more than anything else because they took that kick in the teeth and they came out the other side. They mm. only got a point, but they didn't lose. I thought it was important to yeah. come yeah. out of this match with a point. Okay, great stuff, Amelia. Look at all the comments. We got so many comments. Many comments tonight. So many comments. And listen, mm. I want to say this one more time, and I actually – had a great time talking to Sam Davis from back in the net. His team does a great job, and I have nothing against the Bournemouth supporters. I, I think they're just supporting their team, just mm. like we're supporting Fulham, and uh, I wish them the best the rest of the season, and and I think there's a good chance it's going to be the two of us back in the Premier League. But you know what, Emilio? I'm not going to be too despondent over a 1-1 draw because mm. I saw – something out of foam that I wanted to see. I wanted to see a fight back. And then yeah. we saw that. Yeah, we saw that. You know, the only, the, is there any, alarm? there's no alarm bells ringing for me. You know, still no. too early for that. But, you know, three games, three draws, no. two goals. You know, the goals have dried up a little bit. You know, you could argue the, the virus affected the Derby game and, you know, yep. to some extent the Preston game. But, you know, not to worry yet. You know, the no. players are coming back from injury. We're back, the players are recovering from the virus. You know, we've we've not played necessarily well for three games, but we've not lost either of them. So that so that's that's a positive. But you know, just the goals have slightly dried up. So we just need to you know, yeah. regroup. We've got a week to to regroup for the Luton game. We'll come back stronger, hopefully pick up three points, and then we get back uh, back to winning ways. But we're still unbeaten in what? Unbeaten in ten games. So it's a proud record, right? So it's it I'm, is I'm not complaining. As I said, it's it was more important not to lose and the man of the performance. Both of them, we didn't lose. And we played reasonably well against a very rock solid defense. So that's right. Overall, we, that's right. There are some positives right. there tonight. I, I totally agree, Emilio. One last thing that I want to ask you about, because again, on the broadcast I watched, when Parker's team, Bournemouth, were ahead and it was getting later and later in the match. And this is when you and I were talking about in the 60th minute, I thought they should have made this double substitution, yeah. which they made about 10 minutes later. They kept asking the question, does Marco Silva have a plan B? I think he showed he has a plan yeah, B. Yeah, yeah. In fact, I think I've seen a plan B from him more than a few times. I can't say that about Scott Parker. So I'm not no. trying to make a dig at it. I'm trying to say when I'm listening to these comments, I'm thinking he's already shown to me that he can come up with something else. He did. He's and Salt Park is still the media darling, right? So uh, he can't do no wrong. Whatever, right? whatever he does, he can't do no wrong. So no, nope, um, he can he can do no wrong. Uh, but at the end of the day, he, just, he dresses to... so nicely. Yeah, absolutely. Now I saw I saw a few pats on the back there with some of the players as well. To us, so I was focusing at the end of the game. 
you know, him and Mitrovic had a brief, you know, hug. Yeah. Tim Ream had a brief hug. You know, he hugged Joe Bryan a lot more than he did some of the other players. So again, you can see there wasn't that. You know, when some former managers come back to the to, as an opposing manager to your team, or a former yeah. player comes, there's a lot more hugs. There's a lot more chat. Right. You know, I only noticed Scott Parker and Tom Kearney having the longest chat after the game. The rest was just a brief hug here and a brief hug there. Yeah. So maybe there's no love lost between the players and Scott Parker. To be honest, I think that's history now. We've Is moved on, free? and we've got we've got better things to look forward to. Absolutely. Absolutely. I totally agree with you. I'm just going to share this comment from Chris Goodwins. Scotty P only <laughs> ever had one plan. That was his downfall. And you know what? Chris, you're right. You know, I don't wish the band bad. You know, then they. No, neither do I. You know, then I think the old fans are a little bit. But, you know, at the end of the day, we didn't enjoy watching the football he played. You know, he's got a particular style. You know, let Bournemouth appreciate him maybe more than we did. So, um, at the end of the day, it's, we have to move on. But he, yep. let's not forget, he did get us promoted. Okay, yeah, now and, you were there, so I didn't. No, yeah, I didn't yeah, see this. I've got this. a picture. I've got to see if I got the picture. I took some photographs. I think I've got a picture where I think I caught them hugging. But very brief. It was a brief. Him, Tim okay. Ream, brief hugs. It was Tom Kenny had the biggest chat in a few moments of chat with Parker and uh, <laughs> and Tom, and then with Joe Bryan. But the, I saw the other players. It was very very brief. Yeah. So, you know, then there was no booze and the, there was no booze in the ground. So okay. So it's, you know, the fans did the right thing. You know, okay. we, we just need to move on, right? We need to move on. I agree with you. And we need to actually end this show because the full shadow needs to get home. And the other so, thing as well, just to put on, talking about Mitrovic. Yep. Again, credit to the defence, their defence. You know, he, 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 was, he was snuffed out mostly. He had one header, one, I think it was a Seri cross when, you know, and then Mitrovic just headed over in the second half. But other than that, Mitrovic didn't have much to do. You know, he wasn't giving, you know, give give Gary Cahill the credit he deserves. Yeah. So I think he, he gave Mitrovic very few opportunities and snuffed him out the most of the game. Okay, I'm going to just share this one comment because we're talking about Mitro. Russ Emilio, would you guys play Muniz with Mitro for Luton for a more scoring threat to not rely on Mitro so much? No, not yet. No, I think um, I'd keep to our tried and tested system. That's great. We've, we've scored enough goals from you know, our current approach for the season. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't change that. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not sure I'd play Muniz yet with Mitrovic. Okay. We've got enough, we've got enough quality in some of the other players, offensive players. So no, I wouldn't. Okay. Very good. All right. Well, listen, everyone watching live and commenting. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for commenting and being a part of this. And uh, Emilio, win, lose, or draw me and you after the match. We're here. We're, we're here. here. Yeah. You know, we're, we're here. Not like yeah. some other podcasts that I've listened to that might not show up for a couple of weeks, but you yeah. and I are here. Look, we're here. Look, for, you know, it's actually not that cold tonight. So look, it's everyone's gone home. I've, I've, I've got my car tonight. So it's uh, okay. that's the beauty of it. Look, you know, a few moments of outside of Craven Cottage, commenting straight after the game. Not the, I haven't got the luxury of watching replay. So yep. yeah, I'm, I'm, I can only comment on what I saw live on right. the pitch. So good atmosphere in the ground, a sellout. Good. And, uh, it felt like a Premier League game, weirdly. You know, okay. That, yeah, just felt like a bottom six Premier League game. Lot to play for. It, it had that type of atmosphere. So it was, nothing, it was good, no, good to be there. Nothing wrong with that, my friend. I, no, good to be before there. we go, I have to share this with someone that you know. <laughs> Who's that? That would, be, that would be Callie. Fulham Shadow. Yeah. Fulham yep. Shadow will be home soon. Okay. Okay. I had to share that. Sorry. Uh, all right. Well, listen, that's going to do it for this episode of Cottage Talk. Emilio, thank you so much for doing this. No, you're welcome. Enjoyed it. And yeah, as we say, we're still top of the league, guys. Top of the league. Still, still top, top of the league. league. Come on, Fulham. All right. Excellent. 
Well, again, like I mentioned, we're <clears> going to wrap this up. For Emilio Donnell, the Foam Shadow, I'm Russ Coleman. Thank you, as always, for watching and listening to Cottage Talk. It's the 90th minute, and all to play for at the end of the match. All your mates are around. You've got your McDougat share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping, and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? I know I'm in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.